So good to be back today. Uh, last, last week we um, kind of laid the groundwork for a demonic kind of teaching. And so you would know who you are. So I'm going to finish that up first and tell you about the anointing. And because we want to be sure we know we have Jesus in us and we have the anointing. And then we go over, we go after devils in Jesus' name and the anointing. And if you think that spirits aren't really real, and a lot of people do think that, or they think a Christian should never have a demon, well, you will never have a demon in your spirit, man. Because that's where the Holy Spirit lives. But you could have one in the flesh that would attack the flesh or your soul realm. Because in the Bible, there's a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of depression, and a lot of different spirits. But let me tell you just a fast story before we start. Um, we, I had to speak at one of your Maranatha deals, retreats, and... Um, Karen was busy, and so I was in the room by myself, and there was just noise in the room. I got up so many times thinking, Karen's back, Karen's back, and she wasn't back. She didn't come back till about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I, she didn't tell me where she was. <laughs> I don't want to start rumors, but I <laughs> know. <laughs> anyway, she was meeting with some of the girls, and... So I got up and I even turned the furnace off because I was sick of all the noise. And then I looked over on the, on the wall and there was a long drape. And it, was, it must have been a blind because the blinds moved. And the bonk and noise wasn't the furnace. And so Karen came back and um, she was noisy. There were drawers banging. And there were doors banging. And I'm thinking, Karen, come on. I need to sleep before I, before I speak tomorrow. And um, then 6.30 in the morning, she started banging drawers again and all this noise. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And all of a sudden, I thought, no. How could I miss this? This is a poltergeist demon. And it was just it was just amazing how noisy it was. Uh, Karen, you want to tell your side of it? <laughs> so Dory and I were sharing a condo at uh, Maranatha, a two-bedroom condo. And um, I, I heard the same noises all night long. And I'm thinking, oh, those girls upstairs are having a great time. Oh, well, I'll just roll over and go to sleep. And so the next morning, uh, we both got up and she says, Karen. What were you doing all night long, banging and opening drawers? And I said, Dory, I thought that, was, that wasn't me. I thought it was the girls upstairs having a whole lot of fun. And we both just kind of stopped and went, wait a minute, there's no upstairs. Uh, there's nobody up above us. We were in a section that there was no second floor. And so we both looked at each other and just laughed. We said, ha, Satan thinks he's got one up on us, but we've got one up on him. But remember, you're Oh, yeah, and even before, um, uh, at that time, Trisha Mojica was uh, the assistant, administrative assistant. She went in to prepare the room, and she said as she was walking up the walk, uh, sidewalk there, she saw the mini blinds flipping back and forth. She went, huh, that's weird, and she walked into the room, huh, there's nobody in here, hmm, you know, and so honestly, 
what we have done since this time, because that was our first retreat. Uh, Dory was our first retreat speaker five years ago. Um, we assign our ladies, our leadership ladies, to pray in each room and anoint each room and just know that that's the presence of the Holy Spirit that drives out evil spirits. That was, yeah, it was really good. It was fun. You know, and that's fun because you don't have to be afraid of demons. You just, because demons make you afraid of demons. God will never make you afraid of a demon. You have got so much authority over it. And that poltergeist is P-T-O. It's kind of spelled funny if you look it up. So um, those are the kind of spirits that don't live in people. They live in places, and that's your haunted house and stuff. So anyway, now that we got that out of the way, let's pray. <laughs> God, we just thank you so much for today. I thank you for every woman here. I pray that you'll minister by your Holy Spirit to each heart in the area that, that we need it, that it's not just a, a thing over the whole group, but that each you'll individualize it to each person so that uh, we will all be helped and we will all be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so just to lay some groundwork here again, remember, you have been brought, when you're saved, you have been brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Okay? We are in a different kingdom. You have to see yourself in the kingdom of God versus the world. We've been brought from the kingdom of darkness. We don't want to jump back and forth into those two kingdoms. We are from the kingdom of God or the kingdom of his dear son. Um. That, I think that's Colossians 1.13. I didn't write it down, but I think that's where it is. And then Luke 10.19, Behold, I give you power over all the works of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Behold, I give you power. That's you, Sandra. That's you, Mary. That's you, Linda. That's you, um, whoever, Pamela. You know what? It's you. I have given you power over all the works of the enemy. We have the authority in Jesus' name wherever we go. So we don't have to be afraid of that. We didn't have to be afraid of that one in our room because it can't touch us. The blood of Jesus is all over us, and it hates blood. When I do deliverances and I say the blood of Jesus is all over you, the blood of Jesus is here, or the blood of Jesus is against you, or whatever, nine chances out of ten they'll do this. No demon likes to hear the blood because they know on the cross that is when they were defeated. That is when Jesus triumphed over them. Colossians 2 verse 15 says, um, He spoiled principalities and powers on the cross. He spoiled them and he made a show of them openly triumphing over them. Isn't that cool? He triumphed over them. He made a show of them. He defeated them. And we need to know that in our hearts that they're a defeated foe so we don't walk around saying, well, I don't know. I don't want anything to do with demons because, you know, if you take them out, they might come back and then I'm going to be worse than ever. And so I don't want you to do a deliverance. What? What? Well, all of a sudden you back in, went back into his kingdom. No, we're in the kingdom of God. We have power over those. You don't have to be afraid of that other than to live right. 
and stay in the word, but um, you don't ever have to be afraid of a demon. They are a challenge, I'm telling you. You just overtake him with the name of Jesus and tell him to go, and they can't do that stuff to you anymore. They're not going to live in your house. They're not going to live in your body. They don't have the power to because of Colossians 2.15. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. And then you all know 1 Peter 5.8. You be sober. You be vigilant. You have an adversary who goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. So we're going to be sober. We're going to be vigilant. And if there never was a possibility to have a demonic force in our life, we would never be told this. And then it says, whom you resist being steadfast in faith. So we resist. We don't just talk about it. We stand against it and say, you don't have any power here. You've lost it in Jesus' name. You were defeated on the cross, and I know you know the Bible, devil. But you know what? You're checking to see if I know it. You're checking to see if I know what I have. And I do know what I have. So that's when you can stand against it with the word. So then I want to talk to you about the anointing. You will sense an anointing sometime that's really strong. And the anointing just makes it come so real into your heart. And so the anointing is um, tangible. You can feel it. And it's transferable. And that's why the Bible will talk about lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's an anointing that flows through them because it is tangible and it is transferable. So remember those two things. It's tangible. You might feel it sometime. And it's transferable. You have the power that it will, as empowered women, um, that when you lay hands on somebody, that anointing can transfer to them. Some Bible principles I just quickly want to tell you. Uh, if you remember in Acts 5, it talks about Peter, that there was a whole multitude there, people who were sick. And Peter walked by them, and the people that got touched by a shadow were all healed. And that does happen. I have seen that happen. And it says those vexed with evil spirits were all healed. Isn't that amazing? Not just regular healing thing. There were some there vexed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. And then Paul in Acts 19, how about this? People touched his clothes, and they were healed. So the anointing that's inside you as a temple of God will go into your clothes. And so that he took a cloth, and he took aprons, and when they touched his clothes, handkerchiefs, when they touched them, they were healed. And it says, the evil spirits left them. Isn't that amazing? In 2 Kings 2, it talks about the mantle of Elijah. You know that it was given to Elisha. And he did two times more miracles than Elijah did. Um, I love that, uh, that other story. I'm going to go there. 
2 Kings and 13, you can find this story. You can look it up when you're home. But Elisha died. They put him in the tomb. And a band of evil men came along. And they had killed somebody. And they threw the man, the dead man, into Elisha's tomb. And when it touched his bones... The dead man lived, and it says he stood up on his feet. Isn't that cool? The anointing was in his bones. Wow. Karen, when you die, we're going to try that. We're going <laughs> to throw somebody in there just to watch him stand up. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 4.11 that we go through a lot of afflictions. You know why? So the life of Jesus may be manifest in our flesh. You have the life of Jesus being manifest in your flesh. When you go through hard times, don't just throw them away. Bring, come out of it to the good and realize, oh, yeah, this is also I die, and I don't need all my rights, and I don't need all the last word of everything, but that the life of Jesus will be manifest in my flesh. Isn't that a better deal than winning an argument at home? Yeah, let God do his work in us, and I love that, that just so the life of Jesus will be manifest in our flesh, and we have that power of Jesus in us. He wants us to touch humanity. So girls, when you go out of here, you're out there to lay hands on people and to pray and to be a helper to them. Christ, that makes sense because that means anointed one. So um, you have the anointed one inside you. All right, I just want to tell you, I'm going to start on demons now so we can get through this. I just want to tell you why I really believe this. And why I know it's really real, because I was one. <laughs> I, um, when I went to my other church, there, as couples, my husband and I would go do other Sunday nights. We might do something after church, and we would play up, table, up on your piece of paper on your table. It's called table tipping, and we're going to look at that after a bit, not just right now. But it was table tipping, and they told us that it was uh, static electricity and that if we would rub our hands together and rub our feet on the floor, the static electricity would make that table move. Well, I thought that sounds, maybe it can, you know, I don't know. So you would have a card table, you'd have a chair on each side, you'd have four people sitting there, and you'd all lay your hands on the table. And then you would ask the table questions. And I know people would say, don't ask it anything personal, like, am I going to get married or am I going to whatever. Just ask it dumb things like how many, how many pictures are on the east wall. So we would do that. We would ask how many, how many pictures are on the east wall or how many coins does Pete have in his pocket, whatever. And then we would tell the table to answer us. And one leg, get that. One leg of the table would bounce how many times it was. So if there were 11 pictures on that wall, it would bounce 11 times. If somebody had money in their account, they'd haul their money out and they'd count them. And yep, there were 13 times. And that leg would do that. Well, I went to church one week and this lady said, Dory, you know, I know what all you guys are doing on Sunday nights. But she says, you know, I read a book this week that, that has got some demonic stuff. I never heard of demonic stuff. I didn't know it. 
And so I said, how can it be? It's just a stupid game. She said, no, I read it this week. It's really demonic. I thought, well, then why are all the people from church doing it? This is kind of dumb. And so I, I just couldn't. And so I just prayed. And I said, God, I don't want to do it if it's demonic. So please tell me if it is and show me. So we were at this one house. And by the way, it worked better in some houses than other houses. And that always was kind of a question to me. So we were in this one house. And we're talking to the table. And we told the table to walk. No kidding. This table took off walking. And it went up a step this high to get into the kitchen. And we all turned around. We all walked backwards. We said, this is not a game. This is demonic. And we can't mess with this anymore. And nobody ever touched a table again. We didn't know. We really didn't. And so that's why I'm just, and the thing is, everybody at church was doing it. So I thought, hmm, okay, maybe it's okay. But that is where I saw the reality of the power of Satan that he could I mean, who makes a card table walk? Don't even try it in case it sounds interesting to you. Don't try it because you enter into that. And that's one of the keys of a deliverance. If you've entered into occult, and that is occult, if you've entered into that, you need to close the door. I opened the door and took that in, and I need to close it and renounce it. So I in that paper somewhere, it says that if you deal with some area of the demonic realm, of the occult realm, you, you open your door to that, you need to close it. Like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I renounce that. And I did have deliverance, and it made a believer out of me. That's why I just think, I love this topic. And when Corey Tenboom said, demons make you afraid of demons, God never will. Just remember that you don't have to be afraid of them. I usually don't talk to the demons because they're liars. That's their native language. <laughs> Satan's a liar. He's the father of lies. I remember one time a lady was doing deliverance, and um, she wasn't there at first. Somebody else was there, and they called her and said, the demon will only talk to you. You need to come. And she left church, and she went over there. Now, stop to think about that. A demon telling you he'll only listen to her? That doesn't make any sense at all. So there was a lie right there, but it caused her to come. You don't listen to those things. They lie. They'll, they'll tell you all kinds of stuff that's not true. Sometimes you'll get somebody who can't talk for themselves. They, only the spirit will answer you. And then when they get delivered, they're able to say Jesus is Lord, and they're able to talk. So I'm, you don't just keep saying, well, what's your name, and how many are you, whatever. You know, in the Bible, a lot of times it says, hold your peace and come out. So don't waste a lot of time with that, because you can't believe what you hear. They've been stripped of their power. Luke eleven twenty. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. You have an anointing, gals, that the spirits hate. There used to be a lady in church, and I loved it. We would all go up there to pray, after, you know, in the morning when I worked here. <laughs> 
And this, this one gal who was really um, just a house full of demonic things, and she didn't know it. She couldn't help it. But she would come up, and she'd walk up to me and get about this close, and she'd start walking back. And she'd talk out loud for the demons and say, don't go to her. Don't go to her. Don't go to her. Don't go. I said, stay away. Stay away from her. Don't go to her. Then after the service, she'd come up to me and she said, I can't believe they've got you on staff with all that makeup you wear. <laughs> and so you just got a demon that's mad and it's making some kind of stuff. You know, don't be afraid of them. No matter what, they're afraid of you. They will walk away from you. Don't you be afraid of them. I have seen people who have been in Pine Rest uh, most of their life. I've seen them get free. And um, I remember one, I asked the Lord what the entry point was. And I looked at her leg, and she had a tattoo. And I touched it, and it was burning hot. And, and she says, don't touch that. I said, well, what is that? She said, it's a tattoo that a Hindu put on free. So I took it. So he did some other stuff while he was doing that. And um, she got so free. Oh, my goodness. It was so exciting to watch her be totally free after she had been um, oh, just tormented. And, you know, it says in Matthew 18 that if you don't forgive, you get delivered to the tormentors. So forgiveness is a pretty high price thing. You want to forgive so you don't get delivered to the tormentors because it torments your head. Um, Jesus, in the, so you have some scripture from in, in the word, Luke 10, 17 to 20. Remember the 70 um, disciples, they returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. And uh, he's, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. So you don't want to put this as a big type, top priority, big deal. They ought to They've been defeated at the cross, so they should listen to you. But don't get a lot of pride over that because he said, you just be sure your name is written in heaven. Then there's the Great Commission in Matthew 10. It says, as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What do they do? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Isn't that good? Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And then Matthew, Mark 16. Mark 16, 17 and 18. These signs will follow those who believe. Okay, that's you guys. In my name you'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. You will speak in tongues. They'll take up serpents in case you see one somewhere. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Wow. Nothing has changed today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same power. James 4, 7, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil 
and he will flee from you. For some reason, that doesn't sound right. Submit yourself to God. Is that James 4, 7? Must be. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, thanks. Um, how do demons get a hold of a person? Well, sometimes they just come to your head with um, injecting thoughts and suggestions in your head, and you're not any good, and you start believing them. And um, I know I'm sick, and I know I'm probably going to die before the end of the year, and you believe them and because you've got to match up if it's truth with the word of God. So they can systematically go into your thought process and have you believing so many lies that possibly at a time they could get in and oppress you. He will always look for an opportune time. He even said that to Jesus, somebody. He said, I'll come back at a more opportune time. So he will come back at an opportune time. So you got to be consistent in your um, resisting him. Um, a scary movie. I've seen a lot of deliverances with scary movies. A lot of times there's demonic stuff behind the movies. Watch what you watch. Guard your heart, it says. Out of it are the issues of life. Don't go to scary movies. Or even I've seen a scary novel um, release something to a person. And, and they can become oppressed with fear without even uh, realizing or knowing where they got it. Because if something happens in the movie that's really scary, um, fear could become part of their life. So you don't want to ever just become a fearful person. Um, sometimes they just give lying suggestions. Oh, he can put thoughts in your head like you think they're your thoughts. They're not. He'll just hit wherever he can hit. And if you entertain those things, you can get oppressed by them. You don't want to become enslaved to them. You don't want to just accept the thoughts because you all know John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Um, if, if you see someone who can't exercise their free will in a given area, you're probably dealing with a demonic force. If they just can't exercise their free will in it. And you probably could trace it back if you talk to them to something that they've done. I had a young girl one time and had no idea that she had been to a seance. And she says, well, I should tell you, I gave my life to Satan. And I says, when? She says, in a seance. But she says, I never thought about that because I thought we were just playing. No, she did do that. And you got to renounce that, close the door and take that back and command that spirit to come out. And also in Mark 3, 27, it says, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder its good unless he binds the strong man. And then he can plunder his house. And so a lot of times there's more than one spirit there and you bind the strong man and just whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, you just take care of. I had one one time that um, 
the Holy Spirit told me to, and it, and it happened to be a man. It was weird. But anyway, he told me to tell him the gun wouldn't work. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I haven't minded this, but that one I'm not sure about. And I thought, okay. So I said, um, the Holy Spirit says the gun won't work. And I remember he just looked at me. And I said, do you have a gun on you? He said, no, it's in the car. I said, what are you going to do with it? He said, I'm, go I'm on my way to shoot my wife. And I said, why? He said, she's having an affair. And, and the Holy Spirit said, the gun won't work. And he ended up forgiving his wife. And, oh, people, think how, think how vital you are to someone else's life. I mean, that could have stopped a spirit of murder from doing something. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Revelation 12, 11 is just that demon hates blood. They hate blood and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There is power in the blood of the lamb because the enemy knows that that, that shedding of blood is what destroyed his power. Just some other spirits, a lot of times there's perverted spirits or unclean spirits and, uh, or even a spirit of fear. Um, a lot of times they leave with no noise. I have already done a deliverance in a restaurant and just said, you came in with no, no noise and fanfare and you're leaving quietly. And um, the spirit will leave and you instantly feel the peace so sweet, just peace. And so other times you might see uh, a yawn or a burp or a sneeze or a cough or hard crying. Uh, a spirit of blasphemy might, might swear on their way out. You just got to know 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. So if you have areas where you have phobias and fears, that's, that's a spirit influence there. So you, he didn't give that spirit of fear. So you just say, look, fear, I know you're a spirit, and in Jesus' name you have to leave. Blood of Jesus has defeated you. You don't need to scream. You don't need to holler unless you're unsure of yourself. You could whisper. You know the authority you have in Jesus' name. You just tell it to go, and it knows you. It knows the power of God inside you. So don't let it become a fiasco and a big circus kind of thing. Just stop if it starts to do that, if you're doing a deliverance. And also, um, one person does the commanding. You don't want some command coming from over here and one from over there. Yeah, and I think that too. Yeah, and I think you're going to have a big circus on your hands. You have one person who's going to be in charge of it, take care of it very quietly, very peacefully, and you need to leave and let that person go. I had one lady. Oh, in fact, I had, she was just almost like, she didn't respond a lot, so I took Dwayne with, Pastor Dwayne. I took him out with me to her house, and um, it was kind of interesting. 
she, she would always have one sentence where she would swear at me, and then I just I don't want to talk to you. I'll talk to her. And so then I talked to her, but um, it, it was so interesting. We scheduled her for a uh, deliverance here, and we were waiting for her, and she had to take the bus in. And then she called me, and she said, Mrs. Mendreen, I can't come. All those demons started singing Sunday school songs to me at the bus stop. And I don't want to I don't want to lose their fellowship. So sometime you have to know demons are not your pets. They are not your friends. And she misunderstood that because they knew what song to sing. But they never are your friends. You don't ever want to keep them because they've convinced you that they need to be there and be a blessing to you. They are not a blessing. It is an enemy. It is not a favorite bad feeling or keeping anger um, because you keep control that way that you don't want to give it up. One person was really pretty possessed, and um, I the Holy Spirit said, don't do any more deliverance on her. And I said, okay. Well, she called me after that, and she said, Dory, I really want deliverance, but the part from Satan that I can prophesy to people, I want to keep. I mean, think about that. You got to hate him. You got to not see him as a friend or a pet. You want that thing totally gone. No, she wanted to keep some control over other people. And um, after that, once she walked into one of the Bible studies, and I remember I had to tell her just to sit down. Don't say another word. Because she would grab somebody over there and start prophesying to them. And it was awful. You can't let them do that. That's a, that spirit's an enemy. It is not a pet. It does not have truth. You take authority over it and tell it to stop in Jesus' name. But, you know, don't just go home now and think everything's a demon and you're going to just holler at everybody and bind it and everything. Just kind of, you know, one of the things is be kind. <laughs> you're only doing a deliverance to help somebody and when they want it. <laughs> uh Another thing is, um, a lot of times people maybe have had deliverance and then they they weren't well right away, and then they say it didn't work. It will always work when we believe in the name of Jesus and in the power of His name. Two Corinthians two ten and eleven it says forgive. Lest Satan should get advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Are we ignorant? Well, yeah, if we don't want to forgive. Some people say, I'll never forgive what they did to me. You won't? Then you go Matthew 18 and get delivered to the tormentors, and you don't forgive. So you're ignorant of Satan's devices. And he said, don't let him take advantage of you. 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. 
2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. He instructed them that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who was taken captive by, captive by him to do his will. Satan's after us to take us captive to do his will. I'm telling you, when I teach on this, Satan just comes around and hits in a whole bunch of areas, and it's just a crazy thing. I had the craziest thing happen. I had a great day yesterday. It was just really good, and all of a sudden, this pungent thought came in my head, and I started to cry, and I haven't cried about my husband for maybe a couple months, and I was in this time of that, but it, it was just... And somebody came to the door, and I went to the door, and I said, you have got to know what just came to my head. And he put a strong thing in my head. It said, when you die, the whole, the, your husband's not even going to be there to stand by the casket. Nobody will be there to stand by the casket. When you die, nobody, because he's gone. And just kept it up like that. And before I could catch it, I had to just... I had to just grab a hold and say, shut up, Satan. In the name of Jesus, you need to go. So it helped for me to pull that out of darkness, put it into light, and tell somebody else. So we stood there and laughed how crazy that was. That wasn't where I'm at. I knew it was a strange thought. So it doesn't, it can hit from any area. Okay, so you're going to recover yourself out of the snare of the devil. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Colossians 2.15, he spoiled principalities and power, making an open show of them. So women, all we need to do is believe in the name of Jesus. We need to know our authority. We need to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And um, we want to be sure that the people we're dealing with have uh, forgiven so they don't have an open door of unforgiveness. We need to be sold out to Jesus. We need to have a compassion on those that are hurting. You want them to be free. You want to read your Bible? Tell the people, too, after they're delivered, you be sure you're in the Word. And a lot of people say, I don't read the Bible. I don't really understand it. Read the Bible. It's life. It's power. There'll be something that'll grab on. And you will understand Proverbs, so at least read a proverb every day. And so open the Bible. The devil sees that. The, that's where power is. There's power in that word. But Satan will tell you not to do it because you don't know what it says anyway. But that's Satan. That's not God, and that's not you. God would have you read his word and fill your heart with it. It's good to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with its gifts. And um, you remember he sent them out two by two um, to take power over unclean spirits. You can't serve two masters, so you're sold out to God only and everything he did. Why can't I ever get done? I... Uh, Okay, you have your paper on the um, table. And I'm going to let you just on your own just read through those things real fast. 
And um, like if you've had your fortune told by somebody, palm reading, anything like that, that needs to be confessed as sin. If you let horoscopes lead you, that's sin. If you've been hypnotized, um, I know there was a kid from Calvin College that was hypnotized and they couldn't get him out of it. They had to get somebody to deliver him. And so um, that you're giving your mind over to someone else. And when I was in nurses training, there was always one doctor. He saved one room on 5 Main at Butterworth Hospital and he used that for hypnosis. And he would say to me, I want you, I want you, I want you to be hypnotized. And I thought, never, no. Ouija boards, they look like they're a game, and um, they're not. They answer you. It's a demonic force. Um, then down a little ways, it's my table lifting and levitation. Water witching, people will call for these guys to come and watch the stick bend. We'll think about it. Does a stick bend? No. It's a demonic force. Um, uh, Mind-altering drugs. Pagan relig religion things. Handwriting analysis. Magic spells. Voodoo. And then it says, these are the scriptures where it's forbidden by scripture. So I, I asked them to get one for all of you so you can take it home and study it. And you can see how much the Old Testament talks about that um, all this stuff is wrong. So you won't have any doubt in your heart that it's wrong. It is wrong. Next page, or it says the door must be closed by you. We talked about that. And then it talks about the method of deliverance. You confess your faith in Christ. Um, and then your responsibility on the bottom of the page. So if you have deliverance today, you'll want to read this to have the responsibility that you have, to stay free from occult, stay free from all the stuff that's going on today. There's tons of demonic movies. There's tons of movies and videos that could entice your kids and cause them to invite a demonic force in. So be, be good, vigilant parents and watch what they, they're watching. How I'd like to end this is that part of the method of deliverance where it's got the confession of your faith and then the confessing your occult sins and then to renunciate them and accept God's forgiveness and commit your area of your life to God. If the violin could come and play, that would be wonderful. And then I want you to... I was going to do this as a group, but I'm not. I want you to individualize this. And if there's some area that you need to still forgive so you don't get delivered to the tormentors of Matthew 18, be sure you forgive first. Usually the demon just leaves very easily if you forgive first. And confess those things that the Holy Spirit lays on you to have them gone. So during this time that she plays, I want you to read those prayers. Put your individual needs in there. It's on the top of the page. where No, it's in the middle, number four, the method of deliverance. And then 
after you're done doing that, that you have confessed it and you have forgiven and you've let this stuff go, then I want you to come up and I'm going to just lay hands on you real fast and just tell it to all be gone and you'll be going away free. And you won't have the push to act a certain way or to get angry or have to be right. And you'll be able to just sit there peacefully and handle it the way you'd want to handle it. You are all special, special girls. And I believe this is like an army that will help so many people. And you go out two by twos or whatever and you help them because that's what we're here for. So many times somebody sins in a church or something and everybody says, well, you need to go there and you need to confess that in front of everybody and um, uh, you're, you're ostracized. Well, honey, let's help one another first, shall we? We need to help one another. So, Father, just touch each heart here as they're um, going through this and that you would bring to their mind the things that they need to remember to take care of what might be an open door so they can leave free. In Jesus' name, amen.